Ah, hey Islanders, you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge, the featured morning show of KMIH 88.9 The Bridge, bringing you a smoldering serving of local sports, news, and talk on the island. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Good morning, 88.9. It is Jenna. I'm Maggie. It's Tuesday, May 16th. It's about 7 a.m. and you're listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. To recap this weekend, we are going to be talking about Mother's Day. What is... What did you do for Mother's Day, Maggie? Um, so I was actually on a plane. Uh, I was coming up from Wisconsin, but I got my mom a gift. I, she's, uh, she's in nursing school, and so I got her a badge holder that says Nurse Jody with a little heart, you know customizable what did you get your mom well my mom asked for some viore stuff okay so we're gonna like fulfill her okay part of her wishes for that so we were talking earlier our mom our both of our moms a lot of our moms have gave, given us a lot of gifts but i think the most important one is our name so jenna how did you get your name well my parents actually came up with four different names and then one of my aunts shouted them out the window to see, like, if I was in trouble or playing outside, which one would sound best, and that's how I got my name. How'd you get yours? Um, okay, so my second cousin, this is, I have so, I have, like, 50 second cousins. My second cousin, her name was Maggie, and her middle name was Olivia, so just remember that. And my parents really liked the name Maggie, and so you know when you're a little girl and you name, like, all your baby dolls one name? Yeah. That was my mom's name. Maggie. Oh. She she named all of her like Barbies and stuff Maggie, and so she knew she always wanted to have a daughter named Maggie. And so, and also my dad had that second cousin, so they named me Maggie. And then my great-grandma, who like pays for everything, or she paid for everything, <laughs> she was like, Maggie's too informal, so they changed it to Margaret, and I go by Maggie. But my namesake, my dad's second cousin, she started going by her middle name, Olivia, two months after I was born. Oh. So that's kind of a burn. Yeah. yeah, but at least we don't have, like, you know, weird names, like celebrities do to their kids. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Some of the celebrity, like, I get that they're celebrities, but some of the names that they choose, it's, like... So crazy. Yeah. Like, it started off, I think Kim Kardashian launched the the wave of crazy kid names with Northwest. Yeah. Which probably isn't even the worst. What do you, like... Well, what Elon Musk named his son originally, <laughs> I think he has then changed it, but originally it was like letters and numbers. I think and... it was like a formula. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then... Like, what are you supposed to... If you're at school, how are you supposed to pronounce... Some of them, it's like, I, I like cool names and like some of the celebrity yeah. names are cool, but sometimes like it's hard to pronounce. Like authentic names, like that's really cool that people have authentic names, like... And people need to learn how to pronounce some of those, but some of the like ones that aren't authentic, like that's yeah. So like Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott just had a baby, and they named him Wolf, like yeah, that's, the animal that's an approach. Yeah, so that's a fun one. Um, Paris Hilton named her kid Phoenix. I kind of like the con- or not the country, the like state names. State names. I agree. Phoenix is an interesting one, though. Actually, like Georgia, that's a state yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I'm correcting myself. Uh, Kylie and Travis changed their kid's name to Air with an E at the end. Oh. Yeah, so that's fun. And there's, isn't someone's kid's name like Gravity? Yeah, Lucky Blue and Stormy Bree. Uh, and then, 
There's Blue Ivy is Beyonce's kid. So that's a I don't know where one. these names are coming from. Like, is it a sense of power? I don't know. I think they're just trying to be, like, original. Or do you want to be original? Because then your kids... Maybe they're just, like, giving us something funny to talk about. Because, you yeah. know, that's what we're talking about now. Speaking of, I... So I, I have Twitter, but I don't really look at it. I kind of just forget it. But every once in a while, I'll look at tweets and just waste an hour laughing, like, cackling to myself. And so... Jen and I, we looked at HuffPost has like a tweets of the week thing, and we found some of our favorites. So Jenna, do you want to read the first one? My biggest obstacle is that I only like salads when they're made by other people and cost $16. <laughs> That's so true. They taste so much better when you pay more for them, which is so bad. Like, I wish I could just be at home and be like, oh, I really am craving a salad, but I have to go to Evergreen yeah. because that's all that really yeah, tastes same. good. Um, this one's, you know, with the season. Benadryl be like, you got allergies? No problem. Here's a coma. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, like, can't take Benadryl anymore cause, because yeah. of the coma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone... You go. <laughs> everyone thinks they're resilient until they're standing in the slightly slower checkout line. Because <laughs> then you just see everyone pass. It's yeah. also like, you think that you're resilient if you're, like, in a certain lane on the highway. Yeah. But then the other lanes are going faster and then you have to keep switching. Yeah. Um, okay. Have you seen White Lotus? I've not. You have not? Do you know Jennifer Coolidge's? No. You don't? No. Have you seen Legally Blonde? Yes. You know, like the girl at the nail salon? Yes, yes. That's Jennifer Coolidge. And you know she has like a really funny voice. Yeah. She's like, wow. Yeah. And then Owen Wilson. Yeah. You know, his like things always wow. And so I saw one that was like Movie pitch, Jennifer Coolidge and Owen Wilson saying wow at each other for an hour and a half. That actually is so funny. I know, I would watch that. Me too. Uh-huh. My husband's version of helping out with the kids is yelling, come on guys, from the couch. <laughs> Everyone's biggest cheerleader. That's so my dad. Okay. My toxic trait is thinking that wild animals would sense my kind spirit and leave me alone. That's so true. Like, that actually is funny. You know, like princess movies? Yeah. Where they sing to the animals? I so think that I could do that if that was a thing. <laughs> okay, last one. Won't someone please invent a nightstand the size of my dining room table for all my waters and lotions and books? That's so true. My nightstand's like a graveyard for water bottles. Yes. Yeah. Now, I think that we're going to head over to news with Theo. Yeah. Thank you, Theo. See you guys in a sec. There we go. So, starting off in the world of baseball, this is sports, not news, but oh well. The Mariners trounced the Red Sox last night at Fenway Park with a score of 10 to 1. We'll find out if the Red Sox get their revenge tonight at 4:10 Pacific as the Mariners and Red Sox face off again. After a 1-0 victory against Houston, the Seattle Sounders are preparing to face off against Austin FC at home tomorrow night. The current win probability shows the Sounders being heavily favored with there being a 59% probability of the Sounders winning as of this morning. Moving on to high school sports, there seems to be a conspiracy afoot. Put on your tinfoil hats because we're about to go on a ride. The boys' soccer and baseball teams, both defending state champions, were destined to repeat this season. However, both teams lost to Lake Washington in the Kinko playoffs. In the loser's bracket where both teams went, they also lost to Liberty. Also in the loser's bracket knocking them out of state contention, and sending Liberty to state in both cases. If that doesn't seem fishy, I don't know what is. Speaking of fish, finally, the Cinderella story of the Seattle Kraken has unfortunately meet its final bow with a loss to the Dallas Stars last night. 
Crack and Max will have the full story with us momentarily. Take it away. Hello, everyone. This is Crack and Max with 88.9 The Bridge. After a magical run, the Seattle Kraken were eliminated by the Dallas Stars 2-1 in Game 7 of the Best of 7 series in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Kraken seemingly ran out of gas after 14 games in nearly a month as they were outplayed on offense and defense by the home team. Philip Grubauer had exceptional goaltending throughout the game, allowing two goals on 26 shots on goal from the Stars with some spectacular saves as well. It was a slow start as the first period ended 0-0, but you could tell that Dallas was clearly dominant. Two goals by Dallas is what put the Kraken away for good, but with just 19 seconds remaining in the third period, Oliver Bjorkstrand gave Kraken fans a sense of hope, making it 2-1. But that was a little but it was a little too it was too little too late as the Stars eliminated the Squids. While certainly disappointing, the season went, was extremely successful on many counts. The Seattle Kraken are trying to prove critics wrong once again with a stronger squad and making to look a deeper cup run next year. This is Kraken Max with 88.9 The Bridge, and go Kraken. Hi, Kraken Max. How are you today? Well, I'm having some technical difficulties. I cannot hear. You can't hear us? You can't hear us? What? Oh, my gosh. Okay, we'll, we'll hold on We'll for tell a you about Max, though. Yes. Max goes to our local middle school, and... He, uh, he reached out to the, or, I don't know, how do you get, how do we get connected with him? Okay, never mind, we're back on with Max. Here he is. Can you hear us now? Yes, yes, yes. Hi, Max. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great report of the game. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me. Were you at the game, Max? Uh, well, the game was in Dallas, but there- (laughs) (laughs) That's a quick turnaround to get here today. Sorry. Yeah, there was a watch party at the arena, so I went- How many people do you think were there? Uh, I'd say there are about nine, ten thousand people. Wow. They filled out the lower bowl pretty well. Because, That's crazy. Yeah. So did they just play it on the big screen and you guys sat in the seats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fun. Did you did, like it? I thought it was really cool because like it would it was like some of the main things but without the team and people just yeah. watching it. Did you stay for the whole game? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I did. Max, who's your favorite player on the Kraken and why do you like him the best? So, I like number three. His name is Will Borgen. He's a defenseman, and I just like him because he's really physical, and no other players really like him on the Kraken, and I just think, I don't know, he's just... An underdog? Yeah, I guess. Nice. I guess That's say. cool. Has he played both seasons with them? Um. Yeah, he has. He spent last year in, like... Their minor league team, the AHL, or that's like AAA in baseball terms. Gotcha. And, but now he's really starting to make waves, and he's playing really well. I saw their minor league. Is was it? Is it a stadium or a? What would you call it? Uh, well, arena. Arena yeah. in Palm Springs. Yeah, they're the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Yes. Nice. I actually was at a street fair last year, and they were telling us how they were building it. And then this year we drove by, it and it's actually so cool. But you wouldn't think that they would have. In, yeah, in, a, in Coachella Valley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Max, will you watch more playoff games now that the Kraken have been eliminated, or also do you have a favorite to win the Stanley Cup? Um. Well, to answer your first question, I'll, I'll probably watch some more. It's just my the Kraken are my main team, but yeah. I pl- playoff hockey is just so awesome. So uh-huh. I think I have to. And for for your second question, my favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Um, from the West, probably the Vegas Golden Knights because they've got so much depth, and the Florida Panthers because they've got 
lot of stars on their team, and yeah, cool. I'm I'm not rooting for the stars at all. <laughs> yeah, especially since they eliminated. But speaking of the stars, last night a Dallas player's stick broke, and they kept playing with the stick still on the ice. Is there a rule that says the stick has to stay there until play stops? Well, if you break your stick, because that that's a quite common practice. Mm-hmm. If if like the stick is broken, you can't use it anymore. Like you can't use either side of the stick. But if you get, but if the stick gets knocked out of your hands somehow, uh, you can pick it up anytime. Got it. But also, if your stick breaks, um, your teammates and the uh, equipment manager they'll they'll like hand you a stick from the bench on the ice. So. So I I feel like a lot of people know how like the NFL draft and the MLB draft work. I don't really know how like the players get appointed for hockey. So do they usually stay on the same team for a long time or will we have a bunch of new players on the Kraken next year? Well, so in most sports there's this thing called free agency. So mm-hmm. you can sign new players whose contracts are running out and sign them to new contracts. And also there's the NHL draft where they're just a bunch of exciting young prospects where you can take them and sign them to an entry-level contract. And you can also trade for players, so which is pretty much just like a swap deal. Yeah. Yeah. So those are probably the three main ways you can get more players or lose some players. Do you hope to have new players in the Kraken next year? Or are you pretty happy with our team? I think they could use some star power, but besides that, I think... I think um, I think we're pretty good. I just think we need one one good, like really, really good guy who yeah. can be the main source of offense. It's impressive that this is only their second season and they made it to the second round of playoffs. Yeah. And it went all the way to game seven. Yeah. Do you play hockey, Max? I do play hockey. I play it for the junior Kraken in the in the Kraken facility where what? the actual team practices. That's Have you so seen sick. them when you're at practice? Yeah, yet? yeah, a few of them sometimes watch over our practices, and I got an autograph on some of my hockey gear. That is so and sick. And it's, it's really awesome. That is insane. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to hearing more next yeah. year from Kraken Max. This will not be your last time here Kraken <laughs> Max on 88.9 The Bridge. Good to see you, Max. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was impressive. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was not like that. He's seventh grade? Yeah, he's in seventh grade. I didn't even know this class existed when I was in seventh grade. No, we have some future (laughs) talent in this radio studio. we do. There's hope. Yes. There's a light. Okay. We have a feature, right? No, we're going to talk about the classic movies right now. Oh, we are. Okay. So, it is National Classic Movie Day, and I know that's, like, there's a national day every day, and they're all kind of funny but i i looked at the national day calendar last night as i was planning the show and i was like oh my gosh national classic movies national classic movie soundtracks we have some good songs to play for you so have you seen top gun jenna yes i have have you seen the original yeah oh my gosh i I haven't seen the new one you haven't seen the new one no i've seen the original i like the original better just because it is the original and I think, like, I get chills every time I hear this song that we're going to play next. Yeah, we're going to play Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. 
Oh, no, people. <laughs> I feel like they don't make classic movies anymore. Like, they're all oldies? Yeah. Yeah, but there's hope. So, 69-year-old Jackie Chan will star in a sequel to his 2005 hit, The Myth. The living legend signed onto the project, which will be titled A Legend. So, The Myth was a huge hit, grossing $120 million worldwide, and was Hong Kong's third highest-grossing movie of 2005. So, we'll see what people think of Jackie Chan's comeback. Speaking of people's opinions, here is People on the Streets by Annabelle. Hello, I'm Annabelle Hegarty, and this is... A series where I go around and ask random people random questions. This week, I had my peers ponder this question. If all animals could speak, which one would be the most annoying? Let's hear what they said. Honestly, I think the most annoying animal to listen to would be like flies or mosquitoes or like insects that are just everywhere because you'd be hearing what they have to say constantly. I think maybe a chicken because I think they would say like really stupid things and you'd be like, what are they talking about? My grandma has a chihuahua and I hate that chihuahua. So definitely dogs, but specifically chihuahuas because I hate them. 
Probably a chihuahua. I think a dog because I feel like they always have something to say. I would say a fish. Honestly, I feel like they would be quite annoying and boring and just annoying. Yeah, fish. A gazelle because it would be like, like it would just be like kind of preppy, you know? Like just like It'd a- be Shakira. I need to add on to that. Gazelles are Shakira. I think um, a goat because goat screams are like really, really, really annoying. Okay, so probably koalas, and it's because they're really, really dumb, and it's just never fun to be around people who are not super intelligent. Definitely a lemur, because they're already annoying without speaking, so them talking would just be awful. Honestly, I think a lion, just because it's so low and almost like growly that I would kind of get annoyed by it. I don't know. A sloth, because it talks so slow, and I think I would just get really impatient, so that would annoy me. Snakes, because they would have a lisp. I would say squirrels, just because like I hate squirrels. They're terrifying and they just seem really annoying. Um, a stink bug because they're so annoying and my house is infested with them right now and I hate them so much and I'm guessing they would be so annoying to talk to because they just like to annoy us already and they can't even talk. <laughs> Why? That's not the question. The question? No, she like answer the question and say why that's your kids. Oh. Seagull, um, because, you know, like in Finding Nemo, when they're like, mine, 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 like, it's so annoying. So seagull. I think that chickens would be the most annoying because they're already loud and they always scratch me, so I just don't like chickens very much. Anyways, thanks for tuning in and make sure to keep on listening to Breakfast on the Bridge. That is a great question that yeah, Annabelle that posed. What do you think would be the most annoying animal? Okay, if they could speak? I think the first thing that came to my mind is like some sort of bug, maybe a fly or a spider. I, I say a fly because I hate when people talk quietly. Yeah. You have to keep asking them to repeat it. I feel like flies would be really quiet. That actually makes sense. Yeah. They would like kind of be pestering. Yes, you. definitely. Well, I said I was the person who said sloth because <laughs> that just makes sense. Yeah. Well, the end of the school year is coming up shortly. That's scary. Oh my gosh. That means that we have testing. I have state testing on Thursday. I have it next week. Yeah. But that's like when things start wrapping up, I feel like the end of the school year goes, the days are long, but the weeks are really short. Like once we hit the spring break point, I feel like it's just everything like... Everything's important. Yeah. <laughs> but then it also at the same time, it goes by so fast. Yeah. So we had, or Sophie Proc put together a package about the end of the school year. Here it is. She is a senior here yeah. at the station. 88.9 The Bridge has been my home for four years now. I've spent most of my high school career live on air. From freshman year newscasts to senior year award-winning podcasts, I've found my voice through broadcasting. In freshman year, I began with simple PSAs and news reports. Hey, 88.9 listeners, I'm Sophie. And I'm Morgan. And we're here to tell you about our show, Sophie and Morgan at Six. Listen in every Wednesday for conversations about almost anything. Learn more about what it's like to be a student at MAHS. Don't forget to tune in at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. I'm Sophie. And I'm Morgan. And we're from Sophie and Morgan at Six on 88.9 The Bridge. This is 88.9 The Bridge. This is Sophie, Andrew, Quinn, and Matthew with today's news. Did you know that in Chino, California, goats are a prevention of wildfires? George Gonzalez, a farmer from around the area, informed us that goats are a great way to keep California out of the way of disaster. As freshman year became sophomore year, I conducted interviews with important members of my community. 
So what else can residents do to get involved with Mercer, Mercer Island Parks and Recreation? Well, there are many ways you can get involved, and we definitely love when our residents participate in our programs and help us in many ways. So there's a lot of ways you can stay involved this fall and winter. Um, the first one that comes to mind is volunteering at an upcoming forest stewardship event. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for coming to interview with us today and helping to inform our um, community about my, my parks and recreation. We really appreciate it. Aw, little sophomore Sophie. Junior year, I really ramped it up with my feature on our school's wall of rejection. This received a great amount of pushback from the community, but was a bold question to ask those around me. I asked, what is the wall of rejection? In the winter, when college rejections and deferrals begin to roll around for the seniors applying, the students of MIHS are introduced to the wall of rejection. The wall of rejection feeds into the competitive environment here at MIHS and makes students even more anxious and uneasy about the college admissions process in their future. It's kind of sad. Oh, I feel like that sound sums it up. Makes it seem a little bit hopeless. I think it also kind of inside can make people feel a little bit anxious and a little, a little nervous knowing that the college application process is so, so random. Even though the wall of rejection is supposed to comfort students and help them know it's not just them going through the process, it's still such a big factor of stress within our student body. My specialty music show, Sophie DM, came to life in the fall of 2021. I shared with our listeners the songs that were special to me and connected through the airwaves of our station with them. started hosting our morning show, Breakfast on the Bridge, with other 88.9 staff members. Grab a plate, grab your cutlery, and enjoy the show. Good morning, 88.9 The Bridge. What a wonderful Tuesday it is. My name is Sophie Prock. And I'm Andrew Howison, and you're listening to KMIH Mercer Island. I love being able to share my opinions, music, and talk on air with our 88.9 listeners. During my four years here at Mercer Island High, I've been able to become a more creative and confident person through my audio art on 88.9 The Bridge. Wow, our station is going to have a tough time without Sophie next year. Yeah. She kind of carries us. It's kind of sad that like this time of the year, especially because I'm a junior, like I feel so much closer to the seniors because yeah. they're only a grade above me. And like to think that I'm not going to go to school with them next year and that it's surreal it's surreal because i'm close to a lot of them it's like yeah. oh gosh so much happening speaking and, of happenings yeah molly news. news hello guys hi molly um good morning i'm molly rojas <laughs> here for your may 16th early morning news in world news much like rosie the riveter become became a symbol of working women in world war ii women in ukraine are doing the same taking over the jobs that Ukrainian men had to leave when called into military service. One of these jobs that has been vastly taken over by women is the coal mining industry, many women expressing their love for these types of jobs and hoping to continue this work after the war. 
In Colorado, a driver hoping to avoid a DUI would pulled over, swapped seats with his dog, who had originally been in the passenger seat. The driver ended up running away when asked if he had been drinking and made it 20 yards. I can't say the same for the driver, but the police stated the dog will not be facing charges. In Washington news, over the weekend, an 18-year-old man drowned in Lake Sammamish. Friends say that he, he was swimming in the lake before they lost sight of him. Despite western Washington having its hottest day of the year so far, recording 89 degrees, the nearby lakes and rivers remain cold, recording in the 40s and 50s, prompting heavy concern during heat waves. The cold temperatures lower your b- blood pressure and restricts your breathing. If a person is not wearing a life jacket, they can drown quickly. As Weekly stated, even some of the best swimmers get cramps, have bad days, swall water, and it doesn't take much to turn pretty tragic. So please encourage yourself and others to wear life vests when rafting on rivers, not spend all day in the water, and take time to rest to avoid cramping. In our next couple of days, Islander traffic will will be impacted by with upcoming I-90 ramp closures. Tomorrow, from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. on May 18th, the ramp from northbound Interstate 405 to eastbound I-90 will be closed, and so on in the next few days. The cities will share individual traffic alerts with more details leading up to the closure, during which vehicles need to access eastbound I-90 will be detoured on westbound I-90 towards Mercer Island, where they will exit on East Mercer Way and re-enter eastbound I-90. That's all for the news. I'm Molly Rojas, and you're listening to 88.9 The Bridge. Thank you so much for the news, Molly. That dog thing's really funny. Yeah. Like, That's my favorite story. He probably there. deserved a DUI to think <laughs> that he could switch places with his dog and that that would work. Maybe it was a really smart dog. Yeah, maybe the dog learned to drive. Yeah. So, it is really hot here, and I feel like we're getting a summer preview of the weather, which I'm not complaining about. It's nice. But we have so many concerts happening in Seattle this summer, and I am so excited. So, Jenna, you just went to Coachella. Yeah, that was kind of my summer preview because it was like 95. That kind of sounds miserable. But it wasn't because it was, it was only warm because we would go at like four from four to six. And then once the sun started to go down, it was like good temperature. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to a boogie with the hoodie. I saw him at Coachella. Best part ever. (laughs) I just bought my ticket yesterday. I texted my mom and I go, can I buy a ticket on June 9th to go to a concert? And she's like, yeah, who is it? And I go, a boogie with the hoodie. I go, you probably don't know him. And she's like, she goes, yeah, I probably don't know anyone with that name. <laughs> That's actually so funny. I know. I love my mom. So there's Cap Hill Block Party. Have you ever been to it? I haven't. My I'm sister goes every town. year. Because it's in the middle of the summer. Yeah. I want to go one year. I don't think I'm going to go this year, but I think it looks really fun and it's unique to Seattle. Also, Bumper Shoot. That's coming back. It hasn't been. I went to Bumper Shoot for my first concert. Wow. When I was six. The lineup, six? Yeah, I went to Bumper Shoot wow. at six. The lineup this year isn't great, but I feel like a festival just, the you know, the vibe is more fun. And then the watershed. Are you going to watershed? I'm not. I'm out of town, too. Are you? I am, I'm in town, and I'm, like, begging my mom to take me to watershed. My family usually goes every year, but since my sisters are in college, my parents are like, okay, it's not worth it if we're just going to be with one child, but I'm trying. And then Snoop Dogg, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa, and Too Short are doing like a reunion tour at the White River Amphitheater, which in is August. so I love the idea of that. Like I'm probably not gonna go because it's the tickets are probably gonna be crazy, but yeah, that will be fun. Drake's also coming and Fifty Cent and Wu Tang. And then for the epic summer tour, Taylor Swift has two nights in Seattle. Yeah. So speaking of Taylor Swift. 
um, a security guard at Taylor's concert was escorted out after she yelled at him for harassing her fans. I when was that? Yesterday? It was. I don't. I think it was over the weekend, yeah. but it was in Philadelphia. Yeah. So whenever that one was. So in case you somehow have been living under a rock, Taylor is currently in the midst of her recording, breaking airs tour which kicked off in march and this past weekend she was in philly and a viral clip clip from saturday's show was unlike anything that taylor's fans had seen before yeah it was crazy because she was singing bad blood and then i saw it on tiktok and then in the middle because that's like a really intense song she yeah. was like screaming that's a revenge but it wasn't song. what that's a revenge song yeah yeah but when she was screaming it wasn't like she was screaming the word she was like mouthing her whole demeanor like changed yeah it was like weird because like you could kind of pick some up on the mic but like not all of it. it wasn't like she was yelling to the whole audience yeah there was a security guard in the front row scolding a fan and upon seeing this taylor took it upon herself to intervene so noticing the, that the fan hadn't done anything wrong taylor said between lyrics she's fine while like motioning at her security and continued to flawlessly perform the song so that's impressive yeah she just kept shouting like she wasn't doing anything and uh the security guard like went to a different part of the stage and while he was walking away she like kept urging him away and like stop harassing my fans and then apparently the fans got free tickets or something to a later show yeah because they were inconvenienced yeah so which props to her that's really nice taylor a queen for that i love it we totally yeah great agreed (laughs) unproblematic well now i think that we're gonna play ghostbusters as another classic classic yeah yeah I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I 
classic love that song okay so ghostbusters was made a while ago jenna if you could travel back to any year in any time period it could be before you're alive what would it be honestly probably kindergarten that was the time of the life okay the time of my life getting to play we would play family in kindergarten in the, yeah we had a little squad in our kindergarten class i went to west mercer okay i wouldn't do that because like personally because i've already lived it i'd want to do something that that's I, true. I haven't lived like i'm trying to think like Maybe I'd go back to, um, not medieval, but like monarchical times, you know, hope I'm a princess or something. Well, I probably wish I lived in a different country. Yeah, like Europe. Um, I'm trying to think, like, uh... That's true. I guess in my lifetime, I would go back to kindergarten, but if it was a different time, I'd go back to, like, a princess era. Yeah, maybe because... like the 80s, 90s. Yeah, That true. could be fun. That could be fun. Like, before technology... Definitely. But like after technology, a little bit where it's like we still have the convenience of phones and stuff. Yeah. But like before, the like, convenience, but not fully. Yeah. Before like the screenager era. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I travel. Speaking of travel, Theo talk, uh, is exposing Seattle Transit. So here's Theo. He's interviewing a transit fan about their experience and opinions yeah. on Seattle that Transit. That you sound too nice saying that. He's exposing Seattle Transit. That's yeah. what we're saying. True. <laughs> Here it is. Oh. Thank you so bridge. much for listening to 889 <laughs> The Bridge. Seattle is the biggest city in the Pacific Northwest. With this honor comes a lot of challenges, especially when it comes to moving people around. Thankfully, each of the counties encompassing the Seattle area and their surrounding communities rise up to the challenge with robust bus and rail systems connecting their communities to the outside world. While many people see this as just another way of getting to and fro, there is a dedicated group of people who are interested in these systems and agencies. Although I'm one of those people myself, I decided to meet up with someone else who's interested in this subject and have a talk with them about it. Hey guys, WA Transit 07 here. So today's a little bit of an interesting day. Well, you can say that again. This is one of my bus enthusiast friends, Andrew McMillian. 
hailing from the great city of Tacoma, this nerd knows everything there is to know about transportation south of the King County border. I managed to track him down at Totem Lake Transit Center for an interview about transportation. To start, I asked him about how he got into the hobby and the appeal of it. I got into it when I was, uh, I gotta say, like maybe 12, almost 13. My school bus driver um, used to be a driver for Pierce Transit, and he mainly drove sound transit routes. And he knew a lot about the buses. He knew when they all ran because he was at his, uh, he was an enthusiast himself. So when we would be when he would be driving me home, we'd always bus spot on the way. He mm. taught me how to tell the difference between a Gillig and a New Flyer by the roof, uh, the CNG tanks. Um, and overall, that's pretty much how I got into transit. After, after I stopped talking to my bus driver, because he no longer was my bus driver, I would actually go out and bus spot by my house all the time. Um, and I remember a very significant sound when I used to do that. That sound being the sound of the Voith-powered new flyers struggling to get up the hill that I live on. So it, it was a very, it was a very uh, familiar sound, and I'd hear it from my house. Um, so I would go down, watch them go by. Um, but more things that just bring me back to the hobby over and over again is probably the amount of friends I've made in this hobby. I mean, there's Theodore here as one of the friends, but there's also a few others who I'm not going to name for privacy reasons. Like many other hobbies, you get into bus fanning through exposure from other people. Many bus drivers are extremely passionate about their jobs, so that's how a lot of transit fans get into the hobby. In its intended purpose, transit connects people from many socioeconomic backgrounds together. Like for example, I'm a rich boy from Mercer Island, Andrew's a poor boy from Tacoma. <laughs> I mean, absolutely no offense to him. Anyway, and in doing so, allows new friendships to be forged. Another part of transit's appeal is going somewhere new, so I asked him about that. When I'm transit fanning, what I look for is a route that is one, not super basic, something that's not just like from like a mall to a transit center, for example. Um, I want something that has a, that could either take me to a place I haven't been before, a place that I'm interested in. There is an essential human need for getting somewhere, and those who don't have a car have to take transit. There are so many places in the world that have some form of transit, from New York's bustling subway to Beijing's rapidly expanding metro, even to Bogota's bus rapid transit system. In that respect, I asked Andrew of his opinion on how we fare in the midst of the rest of the world. It really depends on the person that you ask. I will say that the Third Avenue corridor, while it is extremely busy and very well suited for public transit, um, it's not really the nicest place. I'll say that for a fact. Um, there's a huge homeless and drug issue, especially on 3rd Ave, where it shows its ugly face a lot. And that kind of ruins public transit because there's always issues. Um, like sometimes it's not even safe to go to some bus stops. For example, 3rd and Pike Street. I am not a fan of it, like at all. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, but when it comes to like service and stuff, 
I think King County Metro is doing an incredibly good job at bringing service to the Seattle metropolitan area. Um, community transit could get some work. Pierce Transit is definitely having a comeback after their budget cuts um, of the mid-2000s and the 2012 huge cut of service. Mm -hmm. um, inner City Transit definitely could use some work, especially because they're literally serving the capital city of our state, Olympia. Yeah. Um, and Everett Transit, it could definitely get some more ridership. I could say that. Oh, absolutely. But to be totally honest, I think that it really just depends on the person you ask. I mean, yeah, other cities have like every five minute frequencies or something like that. So that's pretty neat. But I'll definitely say that Seattle, in my opinion, is doing a very good job when it comes to public transit. Depending on what media someone consumes, people may think that public transit is dangerous to be on, especially considering the current crisis about homelessness and drugs. As a frequent writer, I believe that this reputation isn't warranted, and Andrew agrees. However, he also says... Okay, so I understand. I mean, a lot of people, when they look at buses, they think, oh, poor people transit. But actually, public transit is really a huge part of, like, just the industry of being a resident of a big city. I mean, traffic is normally a huge issue, and having buses that are always on a schedule... Um, it just makes it so much easier to get around a city. But as for it being dangerous, it really just depends on the area you're in. I will say that, that where we are right now, Totem Lake Transit Center outside of Kirkland, is a pretty, is a fairly nice area. I mean, it's not that dangerous, um, it's not that shady, there's lots of nice people here. But I'm pretty sure that just depending on which route you'll, you'll get on, you'll find either a really cool you'll either find a really cool experience or something you're not really a fan of as we wrapped up this interview i decided to give him the floor and directly address you if you ever want to get into the hobby of transit fanning and being a transit enthusiast i recommend just looking into first the route network for your city looking at the fare system so you know like how much money you have to bring with you to ride the bus or just like how, how easy it is to ride, stuff like that. And also, of course, schedules, so you know you're not out too early and out too late. It's really a fun hobby, and actually just even people that aren't a transit enthusiast like to ride public transit for fun, and that's what I like. It's brought lots of people together, and that's the good thing about it. Very well said. If you're an Islander and want to experience public transportation for your next outing, you can head to the MI Park and Ride, which is on the north end of the island, and take Sound Transit routes 550 and 554 from Seattle to Bellevue and Issaquah respectively. From then, the entire regional network is at your fingertips. Well, that's my time up. I'm Theodore Freeman for 88.9 The Bridge, and until next time, save some gas money and ride the bus. Well, that was a great yeah. package by Theo. Have it you, always is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever ridden public transportation or do you ride it frequently? Uh, when I go to New York, I take the subway just because there's so much traffic there and taxis and Ubers are just like, it's ridiculously expensive when you have to deal with traffic. Um, but Seattle Transit, I don't ride that, do you? I used to like in 
preschool because I went to preschool in Seattle right by Harborview and we would go there on our field trips because it was way less expensive yeah. than like getting buses to drive down because it was in traffic in like Seattle yeah so we would take it to like swimming lessons so that was like my experience with it but then I think that kind of like scarred me from it because <laughs> I had like been in downtown Seattle so I was like at like the age of what three like that's a little bit traumatizing yeah Okay, so we were looking at, like, pop culture news and saw something very, very exciting and new and interesting. Martha Stewart, 81-year-old, our favorite cook, Snoop Dogg's best friend, a little bit of a felon. She is, uh, she got the Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover this season, which, is she, like, the oldest person that's gotten it, you think? So we're breaking records. That's impressive. Yeah. Like, to be on the swimsuit it's very on brand for Martha. Like yes. she likes to defy. She likes to defy stereotypes exactly. and everything. Even though she's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, so speaking th- of swimsuits, yeah. it's been getting way warmer in Seattle. Yeah. Yesterday was uncomfortably hot in my classes. Oh my gosh! Yes, it was like humid. But this morning or last night around nine o'clock, it started downpouring. Yeah, and lightning. Yeah, but yeah. it was kind of nice because it was cooler this morning we have some weird weather here so yesterday i think it got to like 90 degrees maybe higher than that which was absurd and the day before it was hot too yeah actually all weekend it's like 60 degrees ish right now and it's gonna get to 80 today um and then tomorrow 84 it's gonna be cloudier today which is kind of like overcast muggy which is not ideal tomorrow though like bright sun 84 degrees thursday 86 friday 81 Saturday, 79. Sunday, it's going to rain. We'll, you know, cool off a little bit. And then Monday and Tuesday, it's going to be, like, kind of a perfect temperature where it's, um, like, 70, 60s. Comfortable. Comfortable warmth. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been a great breakfast on the yes. bridge this morning. Thank you so much for having breakfast on the bridge with me and Jenna. To close it out, we are going to play a drum major interview. Yes. Thank Bye. you so much for listening. Bye. One, two, buckle my shoe, three, four, buckle some more, five, six, Nike kicks. The people singing that song are the new drum majors for the 2023 to 2024 MIHS marching band season. Selected through a series of interviews and elections, Soul Park, Moa Valentine, and Elena Lil will be the drum majors that lead the MIHS band through the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Here's what they have to say about their new role. As one of our new drum majors for the 2023-2024 marching band season, how do you feel? I feel really excited that we're that we're going to be able to go to Macy's and I'm going to be drum major for the Macy's Day Parade and I think that we can do a lot next year. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great experience. Um, I think everybody's going to have so much fun, but not just fun, just like a huge learning experience, like work as a team, you know, get to learn, get to grow, get to make um, relationships. This is also um, one of our first travel experiences with the new people since COVID, so it's really exciting to be able to learn how to travel together and work as a team for that. And adding on to that, what are you looking forward to most as drum major next year? I'm looking forward to see all the improvement that all of us are going to make. No matter how little or big those changes might be, it's going to be fantastic to see improvement throughout the whole whole entire band. Right, like the one really cool advantage of being a drum major is that you could see the whole band 
like at one spot. And you could see from day one all the way to day. So yeah, starting from like day one to day whatever, we're gonna be able to see all the improvements in our band. And each person has so much to improve on. Also, as drum majors, we can see the whole entirety of the band, while the individual kind of only sees themselves. I think our band right now is great, but I think what we could improve on is just honestly having more connections and having more fun, right? Because it's not just about just improving and just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna march better all the time or something like that, but if you make that process fun, right? Well, overall, I want to sort of build this kind of trust and community inside of the band program by having a lot more connection within sections and having people know that they can trust their leaders. But I also, specifically, I want to bring back some traditions that we've kind of lost over COVID, such as saying senior speeches or doing more section bonding outside of marching band games. A lot of, the uh, most important job of a drum major is having that spirit and getting people energized, not so much critiquing everybody, getting them to the perfect posture, or perfect stance. It's all about getting them energized and motivated to become a better set of themselves. Right, because like no matter what, how much, however someone tells you to do something, the only way you're actually gonna improve is you, if, you, if, you, <laughs> if you do it yourself, right? That's the best way to improve, so. If we all get them motivated, a motivated band is all, will always be better than a band that gets conducted by or directed by or just control. a yeah control. Exactly, that's the perfect. Oh, thing. I'm just I'm most excited for seeing people next year and for seeing how people actually grow next year. Like our freshmen this year, they're amazing. So I want to see what we can do. Although being drum major is a really stressful job, there's always moments of comedic relief that happen. That, that's actually what I said. No, Mel said what I said, uh, so I yeah, had yeah, to yeah. She's just copying me. You're yeah. copying me. Uh huh. That's a that's a really great question. Um, I think. Yeah. So there's a lot of change is subjective. What am I talking? Change is subjective. Okay. When you were young, at least when I was young, math was fun for me, and I got to improve a lot in math, right? But for Moa, the reason why she might... Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> Dude! Okay, let okay. me Okay, reset. No, I was The entire band is looking forward to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and we hope to get all the support we can. We hope you enjoyed your helping of Breakfast on the Bridge, brought to you by our KMIH staff and dedicated to the stories, lives, and people of the Mercer Island community. We hope your dinner was as good as your breakfast on the bridge. And thank you for listening.